Noah and Kate, Chapter 28 Kate trailed behind Noah as he led them up the winding path past the cottage, his arm out behind him, her arm out in front of her, their hands joined. As they passed by the side of the porch, Noah snagged a beach blanket that had been left over the railing to dry, all casual-like, as though it had been part of his plan all along. She loved that about him, his easy grace, his comfortable confidence, his everything that was cool and easy and casually, lethally sexy. She, on the other hand, would have chosen more substantial footwear than fraying flip-flops if she'd known they were going to take the rocky pathway way up behind the cottage. She didn't want to go back to the cabin and change them, so she walked carefully, picking her way around rocks and clumps of growth, grateful that Noah slowed his pace and smiled at her as she navigated the path. And the cow shirt. She was still wearing the stupid cow shirt. Good Lord. At least the night was descending in cool shadows and gentle breezes, clearing the heat of the day and softening the air around them. As they reached the top of the hill, the black velvet sky sparkled with points of light, and she knew then exactly where they were. The Plateau Rock, Noah had mentioned after CPR class. The flat expanse of ancient shale that made a perfect viewing platform for the constellations. Oh, it's gorgeous here, she said, a little winded from the climb. This is the spot you told me about, right? Oh, it's, it's stunning. Noah grinned and spread out the blanket. I told you I'd bring you here. Look, you can see the whole town. She pointed towards the cluster of light around the curve of the lake. Boats bobbed on the water, their lights moving lazily up and down on the gentle waves. This is so nice. How come I didn't know this was here? I only found it a couple years ago, he said. I was clearing some fallen trees after a storm, and I discovered this spot. She said nothing, but kept gazing out over the lake, feeling such a warm, wonderful sense of home as she looked at the little town still buzzing with vacationers and summer residents. The crickets began to stir, but mercifully the mosquitoes were still snoozing, or else seemed to have no interest in her tonight. Come on, sit down. Noah lowered himself to the blanket and tilted his head back. The best view is when you look up. Kate sat beside him and tilted her head back too, and gasped at the splash of stars and hazy lilac wisps of the Milky Way. Oh, wow, she breathed and her hands covered her mouth for a moment. How incredibly beautiful. Noah lay down and put his arm out so Kate could lay back and rest her head on it. She snuggled against him, loving the slow, lazy beat of his heart through his chest. Her heart was still galloping after that climb, but Noah was in much better physical shape than she was, and his heart rate had returned to normal in no time. They lay in companionable silence for a while, enjoying being in each other's arms as the sky turned slowly overhead. After a moment, Noah gestured vaguely to a constellation. Do you know what that is? he asked. Kate followed his pointed finger towards a collection of stars. That cluster? No idea. The Pleiades, he said. The Seven Sisters. You can tell, because that bright star just down there is Venus. 
She turned her face up to him, and he looked down at her with an am I impressive or what look on his face. If he'd been standing, he'd be rocking back on his heels, thumbs under his armpits. So you're handsome and intelligent, she said, and you're an astronomer, too. Oh, pff, absolutely, Nella said, false bluster in his voice. Pick out a star cluster, any star cluster. I'll tell you all about it. She pursed her lips and pointed vaguely west towards a constellation that looked a bit like a sideways dollar sign. What about that one, the dollar sign thing? Noah nodded sagely. Yes, that one. Excellent eye. That one is called... He blinked as he struggled to come up with something. Finally, his false bravado returned. Simoleons major. Kate laughed. Simoleons? Oh, jeez. I haven't heard that in ages. And that one, he said, warming to the joke. That group there that looks like a fork? Kate nodded. Right next to the one that looks like a dessert plate. Naturally, Noah agreed. The lesser-known platedes. The fork cluster next to it contains a supernova called Cutlery B-135. Kate giggled and shoved him playfully. You're such a goof. Where did you learn all this? I watch a lot of late-night TV on shift work, he said. Lots of space documentaries come on at 3 a.m. for some reason. Well, you sound pretty convincing. She kissed his chest through his T-shirt. Professor Kincaid. Ooh, I like the sound of that, he said, a comically lascivious tone sliding over his voice like honey. Say, maybe you could be my favorite grad student, angling for a better grade. Anything for an A, Professor, she purred. Noah shifted position so he was laying on his side and leaned down to brush her nose with his. I like your enthusiasm, Miss Malone. She smiled up at him and wrapped her arms around his neck, guiding him down gently so she could kiss him. He murmured his pleasure as her mouth moved over his, and when her tongue slipped alongside his, he moaned softly and began to kiss her back, a long, deep, searching kiss. His hand found her breast and began to squeeze her gently through the fabric of her shirt, until he paused and lifted away from her, looking down at the jaunty cartoon cow gazing up at him. You do have a unique fashion sense, Malone, he said. It's a nightshirt, she protested, but meekly. It's hot out. I didn't feel like wearing anything else. Oh, I'm not complaining, he said. In fact, feel free to not wear anything anytime you like. I'm just observing that your wardrobe definitely leans towards the animal kingdom. She remembered the hoodie with the wolf applique that she'd been wearing the morning he'd climbed into her bunk. That hoodie wasn't even mine. Come on, she said. If you say so. I found it in your cabin. It was probably Paige's. Or maybe it was yours. He scoffed. Not in your life. I bet you left it there back in high school and just forgot about it. Like my diary? Something flickered in his eyes at the mention of the diary, and she wondered if he was still harboring a guilty conscience about having read it. He gazed down at her with a trace of humor still dancing in his eyes. But there was a soberness there, too. Did you really want me to find that diary? He asked. Or were you just saying that? 
so I wouldn't feel so bad about reading it. She hesitated, but only for a second. I wanted you to read it. Back then, anyway. Back when I was desperate to get your attention. Back then? Not now? He asked, a worried look clouding his face. No, I just mean, it was full of so much teenage angst and hormonal infatuation. I'm actually a bit embarrassed that you read it now as an adult. It was sweet, he said, reaching to brush a strand of hair out of her eyes. I could feel you in it on every page. I think that's why I couldn't stop reading. Well, she said, almost shyly, her heart thundering so loud she was sure he could hear it. She didn't know what to say, so she laughed a little. <laughs> I guess I did go overboard with the gushing about you. That was the best part, he grinned. And surprising, too. Surprising? Come on. Every girl in school had a crush on you. What was so surprising? He lowered his lips and kissed her, lightly, sensually. And when he lifted up again, his eyes were softer, drowsier that you were brave enough to want me to know about it. She lowered her eyes again and swallowed. Yeah, well, I didn't know how much longer we'd be staying in Cedar Lake, you know, given what my mom was like. I guess I thought I had to give it my best shot while I could. She brightened and looked up at him. And it wasn't brave, <laughs> not at all. I figured if you read it and you didn't like me back, you'd just say nothing, and I'd be spared the embarrassment of being rejected to my face. Ah. If I'd been brave, I would have just told you all those things. Or kissed you, or something. Or something. I was 15, don't forget. She ran a finger down the middle of his chest, twirling circles. And a young fifteen at that. I didn't know half the things I could do to a boy. Or that a boy could do to me. Noah chuckled, low and sexy, as if, like Kate, he was now picturing some or all of those very things in vivid detail. Far above, something bright and fleeting caught Kate's eye, and she tracked the movement. A distant point of light was zooming across the sky, so fast it would soon disappear out of sight. What is that? she asked, pointing. It was useless to point. The thing was almost unimaginably far away, but Noah seemed to follow her gaze. That thing tearing across the sky. Satellite, probably, Noah said. Or maybe the ISS, the space station. Too bad it's not a shooting star, she said. Don't get me wrong, satellites are cool and everything, but you can't make a wish on them. Wish upon a shooting international space station. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. NASA really should hire more poets. Just as he spoke, another point of light streaked across the sky above them, curving down towards the earth, flaring bright and then fading away. There's one, Kate said, triumphant. Make a wish. Go on. You saw it. It's your wish. I'm gifting it to you. You can't give away your wish. He shook his head. It says so, right in the fine print. Non-transferable. They both fell silent then, and as the crickets chirred around them, 
Kate tried to shake the impression that neither of them wanted to talk about their wishes and dreams tonight. Kids could wish on dandelions and pennies in fountains and shooting stars, because kids wished for simple pleasures, easily obtained. Adults knew better. So, Noah spoke, and she could hear him frowning and thinking. He freed his arm from beneath her head, gingerly, and turned on his side to look down at her. Since I never found your diary back then, never read it, did you think I had read it, but just wasn't into you? Something like that? Oh, Katie May, he said, softly chiding her. He ran his hand down the center of the cow. That's so sad. Why didn't you say something? You know why, I just told you, she said, cutting him off. Look, it's all water under the bridge now. Besides, you made everything I wrote about come true. It just took 15 years. But in that moment, they both knew that not everything the young Katie Malone had scribbled into her diary had come true. There'd been kissing, there'd been sex in the field of wildflowers, but there hadn't been, and would never be, wild declarations of love shouted on the wind. Well, at the very least, you can allow me to make up for lost time, he said, low and seductive, and leaned down to kiss her. She expected the kiss to linger, like so many of their kisses did, but this time his lips played with hers, teasing her with quick movements and tantalizing tastes, leaving her lips stinging when he pulled away. And then his mouth kept moving, down her neck, over her collarbone, trailing a line of heat along her tingling skin. At the same time, she felt his hand bunching up the nightshirt, moving it up her body and exposing her to the night air. Her nipples peaked as a breeze danced across them and grew hard and tight as his mouth covered each one in turn, his tongue moving in slow, languid circles. The pleasure was almost painful, and the ache she felt deepening between her legs was of the overwhelming variety, the kind of need that built up fast and crashed hard, the kind that didn't begin with touching or kissing and wouldn't be brought to a climax by them either. Just the very idea of him, of Noah, of the beautiful boy she'd loved forever, lazily swirling his tongue over her nipples and slowly trailing his hand up the inside of her thigh. This was what stole her breath and dizzied her senses. Him. Always him. In so many ways, her younger self had been absolutely right about how it would feel to make love with him. How natural and easy it would feel. How uninhibited and unafraid she'd feel. How free to just enjoy the pleasure. Her own movements felt graceful and sensual, her hand light and delicate as she stroked his hair. She was so keenly aware of being a woman when she was with him, because somehow he brought out the beautiful in her, and that feeling of exquisite femininity. She arched her back, offering herself up to him, letting her head fall to the side as he moaned softly and dragged his lips across her breasts, teasing and tasting each nipple until she was breathing in hot, short little gusts and aching for his touch. His hand drifted towards her center, his touch feathery light and almost ticklish. She was slick with heat, and his fingers slid smoothly over her, 
until one brushed lightly over her clit and she gasped with the shock of pleasure that shot through her. He made a sound of delighted surprise and approval and began kissing down her chest and belly, moving himself farther down and claiming every part of her with his hungry lips. Two thoughts swirled through the haze of her desire. He was going to go down on her. He was going to use that delicious tongue on her clit. And for the first time in her life, she didn't feel the least little bit self-conscious about it. Other men had made her nervous about it. Other men had either refused to do it, or else had made it clear they were doing it out of a sense of obligation, but no real desire. No one had ever made her feel like it was something they wanted to do, even after she'd teased them with her lips and tongue and brought them to dizzying heights of pleasure. Her last boyfriend had done it only occasionally, and briefly, touching the tip of his tongue to her and flicking fast and hard, commanding her to come for him. She'd never been able to, and he'd sighed with frustration that she was so difficult to please. She'd given up thinking that this might be a pleasurable part of a lovemaking repertoire with the right man. Until now. Now, as Noah moved farther down her body, as he looked up and grinned at her, sheer affectionate delight glimmering in his eyes, she felt the utter abandon she'd never seriously believed she could ever feel. She wanted him between her legs. She wanted to feel his mouth on her. She wanted to part her legs and throw her head back and let him drive her wild with that sensual, swirling tongue. With the first touch of his lips against her, an electric jolt of pleasure slammed through her. She cried out and arched her back, squeezing her eyes shut against the incredible sensation. His tongue moved over her lazily, bathing every part of her in wet, silken heat. He didn't lick her or flick at her. It was more like he was kissing her, his tongue swirling over and around her clit in a rhythmic motion. He groaned softly as he savored her, as if he was enjoying it too. When his hands slid beneath her, when she felt his biceps against her outer thighs and his fingers gripping her inner thighs, she knew she wouldn't be able to withstand the onslaught for very much longer. She rose up on her elbows to look down at him and gasped at the sight of him, sprawled between her legs, gripping her, anchoring her to the rock. His eyes closed in pleasure as his tongue danced and swirled and circled her aching clit. Her orgasm rose up like a sudden tidal wave and crashed over her, turbulent and wild, making her cry out louder and higher as each new, stronger pulse hit. She convulsed as she climaxed, curling towards him and shuddering with the power of it. Oh, dear Jesus, she cried, putting her hand on his head as she panted. A zillion little aftershocks of pleasure zipped through her, and she felt genuine heat, scorching and electric, buzzing through her entire body. And in the next second, his tongue on her was too intense, too much to bear, her clit so sensitive that even his breath against her was overwhelming. She pushed him back gently, squirming to free herself from the exquisite agony of it. Noah lifted himself up on his elbows and stared at her, his face effused with pleasure and a giddy, boyish grin. Holy shit, he said. That was fast. No kidding, she panted. 
but I'm surprised I lasted that long. His eyebrows rose. Wow. Yeah, she said, her breath finally beginning to slow. Wow is right. I don't know what you did to me, Kincaid, but holy shit, that was incredible. His grin widened, and he looked entirely pleased with himself. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just feel bad you didn't get to enjoy it a bit longer. Any longer, and you would have killed me, she said, running her fingers gently down the side of his face. I just couldn't stop it. It, it hit me like a truck. Oh, he was loving this. The look of pure, self-satisfied bliss on his face was unlike anything she'd ever seen, and she knew she'd keep the memory of this exact moment in her mind's eye forever. He moved out from between her legs and straightened out beside her, gathering her into his arms as she continued to shudder from the little zings of pleasure still jolting through her. She held on to him tightly, burying her face in his T-shirt, inhaling him as she tried to steady her breathing and her heart. Are you okay? He asked softly after a moment. He stroked her hair and rested his chin on the top of her head. Holy shit. He laughed. I guess that's a yes. She turned her head so she could speak clearly. I've never come that way before. It was just overwhelming. He pulled back so he could look down and meet her eyes. You've never come that well? Or you've never come from oral sex before? Both. She drew in a deep breath and began to feel the warm waves of afterglow flowing through her. This wasn't your first time, was it? He asked, a look of concern on his face. She shook her head slightly. No, but a few times my boyfriends did it. I didn't enjoy it. I certainly never came from it. He gave her a dazed look. Seriously? Th they were so bad at it that you didn't enjoy it? Not once. But, well, didn't they try to make sure you did? They just complained about it. In, in my case, it was always better to give than to receive, if you know what I mean. Oh, Katie May. He hugged her again, resting his chin on the top of her head again. I swear to God, I don't know how you ended up with so many goddamn losers. She buried her face in his chest again. I just thought men didn't like it in general, or, or that there was something wrong with me. He sighed through his nose and said nothing. Anyway, enough about that. Thank you, Mr. Kincaid, for making me see stars. In more ways than one. He laughed softly and kissed the top of her head. My pleasure. They lay together in silence for a few moments, Kate awash in a giddy, sleepy warmth and a feeling of utter body bliss. They both watched the sky turning overhead. Hey, I just realized, Noah said. I don't think you ever wrote about that in your diary. She laughed. No, I think I was too young to even imagine you doing something like that back then. Really? I must have been a complete perv. I thought about that stuff all the time. Testosterone, Kate replied sleepily. The hormone of champions. Yeah, I was pretty much a hormone with legs back then. 
Still am, really. Now I am, too. Wow, I feel like such a tramp. But, you know, a good tramp, a happy tramp. He laughed out loud and kissed her again. So no complaints, then? I am to please, Miss Kincaid. They both froze for a moment, the slip-up bobbing gently in the air between them, with a flashing exclamation point blinking on and off. Miss Kincaid. He actually called her Miss Kincaid. Her stomach somersaulted and her lungs hurt, and she thought she might burst into tears. But she couldn't show Noah any of this. It was just a slip of the tongue. It meant nothing. He wasn't correcting himself, and she didn't feel any particular tension emanating from him, so maybe she'd just imagine he'd frozen solid as soon as the words had left his mouth. Maybe he hadn't even realized what he'd said. Maybe she was the only one fighting to breathe right now. She tried to speak through her parched mouth. Well, I do have one tiny complaint, she said. Go for jovial, she thought. Keep it light. She could hold on to that memory like a little souvenir and revisit it later, after he was gone. She could imagine he'd meant it, and spin it into a fantasy involving a marriage proposal and a wedding and a baby, but for now, for right now, she needed to keep inhabiting the real world. No, oh, he murmured, his hand skimming up underneath the cow shirt to rub her back. I don't know if you'll want to hear it. I want to hear it. He guided her up towards him, so they were facing each other, each lying on their sides. Are you sure? I can take it. Well, okay, she sighed. Look, I'll be honest. I can't stand that you still hate It's a Wonderful Life. He'd been just about to kiss her, but he stopped and squeezed his eyes shut, as if the words were actually painful. Oh, man, not that movie again. He groaned, but good-naturedly. Jeez, Kate. What? She asked defensively. It's my favorite movie. You don't say. So what's wrong with it? She chided him playfully. Why do you hate it so much? Why? He asked, humor coloring his voice. Come on, what do you think? That movie could be my life. Kate laughed. You own a savings and loan I don't know about? In 1943? She tickled his ribs and he shied away, laughing. No, I mean the thing with George, the the whole theme of the movie, he emphasized. The poor guy works his whole life to make other people happy. Gets nothing for himself, yada yada. Should she point out that George's nothing involved a wife and four kids who loved him, a town full of grateful people who would give him the shirt off their backs... A sibling who adored him and a meaningful life full of fun and laughter? No, probably not. This was not what she wanted to talk about tonight, out here under the stars. She'd only been trying to distract herself from his slip of the tongue, falling back on the supposedly safer ground of an inside joke of theirs. But suddenly, the theme of that movie barged in between them and settled down like an unwanted guest, boots up on the coffee table and everything. Why couldn't she have looked up and pointed out another shooting star or something? Why couldn't she have just snuggled into him or reached down to touch him or just start kissing him? She really, really sucked at spontaneous romance. I'm just teasing you, she said finally, contrite. I'm sorry. 
she felt the comfort of his hand on her breast again, and lifted her hand to his cheek to guide him down for another kiss. His lips were so soft and silken against her, the warmth of his mouth on hers the most delicious thing she'd ever tasted. No. I'm sorry, he said between kisses. I shouldn't bash your favorite movie. Kate thought for a moment and then spoke. For what it's worth, I agree with you. It's a shame George never got to go see the world. He lifted his head up to look at her, and his curious gaze studied her. Really? She lifted a shoulder in what she hoped was a very French sort of shrug. Of course. In fact... She trailed off and lowered her gaze, reconsidering whether she should go down this path at all. In fact, what? He lowered his lips to her neck and nibble-kissed up to her jaw. She hesitated. You really want to hear this? Of course, he murmured, his voice muffled as he moved his lips over her sensitive skin and sent shivers down her core. Well, it's just that I have this... Theory, she began, pausing to let out a little moan of pleasure as he nipped at her earlobe. Or rather, I have a different take on that ending. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that feels good. Sure does. She could feel his cock surging against her as he settled between her thighs again. The hard, heavy pressure of it in just the right spot made her squirm with almost unbearable arousal. Again! She'd have to wrap this story up real quick. I think in the end, Mary finally understands how miserable George is. Kate breathed out, running her hands up Noah's back. And suddenly, nothing else matters to her but him and, and his happiness. I sort of imagine them dropping the kids off at Grandma Bailey's house for the summer and then two of them sailing off to Europe or Japan or whatever. Kate's heart had started to flutter wildly as she spoke, and a reckless, breathless energy infused her. Maybe it was the glorious weight of Noah on top of her, or the way his lips dragged across her skin. Maybe it was the aching warmth that flushed through her and made every inch of her skin tingle. Whatever it was that made her breath grow fast and shallow, she welcomed it. He lifted his lips from her neck and gazed down at her, his eyes moving over her face slowly contemplatively. She saw so much in his eyes, large and dark in the light from the moon overhead and the distant stars. For a breathless second she wondered if he was going to ask her to come with him, and for a wild, dizzying moment she heard her own voice inside her head urging him on. Ask me, please, just ask me. She couldn't offer to go with him. It would have to come from him. There could be no pressure, no guilt, no obligation. If he wanted her with him, it was up to him to ask. Well, that's an interesting take on it, he mused lazily. I don't see that coming from Mary, though, to be honest. She got what she wanted, right? The house and the kids. And him, Kate said. The words felt solid and heavy as she spoke them and she tried to meet Noah's eyes to gauge how hard they had landed. She couldn't read his expression, so she lightened her tone and went on. Everyone in that movie gets a second chance at a good life, including George. But I think the point is, Mary gets a second chance too. 
to see what really matters to her. And what matters to her is him more than anything else in the world. He looked at her for a long, long moment, and then a slow smile tugged at his lips. He spoke softly through it. So, you're a hopeless romantic after all. I guess so. You might be in big trouble then. He chucked her under the chin and booped her nose. Oh, she was in big trouble, all right. She had been for about 15 years. Why do you say that? Her heart was thundering in her ears, and she fought to breathe normally, or at least look like she was breathing normally. Trying to fool a paramedic in this regard was a fool's errand, but she made a valiant attempt anyway. He paused and seemed to be working out the best way to say what he wanted to say. The weight was almost torturous, her mind reeling, spinning, her heart beating wildly, her breath caught in her throat. Please ask me, please. After a moment, his eyes found hers and sparkled at her with impish delight. Well, put it this way. I think the would-be bridegrooms on that website of yours are looking for someone a little more pragmatic. She breathed, her lungs engaged, and she could inhale, but not without a certain amount of shakiness. I canceled my account, she said simply, eyes locked on his. You and Paige were, were right, it was a bad idea. One eyebrow rose as he took this in. So, no more husband hunting then? He asked, his voice low and seductive. Not that way, she said, barely above a whisper. Good, he whispered back and lowered his mouth to kiss her. She sank into the kiss and wrapped her arms around his neck, drawing him down into her as he covered her mouth with his. His mouth was soft and yielding, and she sighed as he moved his tongue over hers in deep, languid exploration. No hurry, no urgency, just the sensual give and take of two lovers enjoying the intimacy of a kiss. It was almost like relief, kissing him. It was like the first glow of sun on a cold morning. It was like quenching a thirst suffered too long. Everything felt right with the world when his lips met hers, her breath smoothed out and her heart settled down into a sweet, throbbing beat. She was only distantly aware of his hand at his belt and the soft rustle of his jeans sliding down his hips. His lips never left hers for more than a second or two as he freed himself and then expertly, exquisitely guided himself inside her. A wave of sensation flowed through her as he slid deeper, surging against her with a slow, heavy stroke until she had taken all of him. He groaned as he filled her, his features pinching with pleasure, and he began to withdraw, moving inside her, pulling back just enough for them to both feel the delicious friction. He drove into her again, deeper still, the muscles of his hips and thighs flexing as he buried himself deep. He controlled his speed with effort. He was straining, flexing hard, breathing against her as he struggled to maintain his slow, easy rhythm. Every nerve ending within her sparked and ignited with each torturous stroke, and she wrapped her legs around his waist to deepen the angle of his thrusts. He groaned as he sank even deeper still, 
and his hips began to gyrate, grinding against her in a rhythmic wave of perfectly timed thrusts. He'd found her spot, and she'd found his, and as he stroked into her again and again, reaching the deepest parts of her, she felt him trembling with the effort to maintain his control. He fought for that control, even as he moved faster and deeper, breathing against her neck, his lips grazing her skin as he moved, his hair brushing softly against her cheek. The sensation of being so thoroughly filled and so deliberately teased had her aching for release, chasing another orgasm as though it were just beyond her fingertips. She bucked her hips to meet his thrusts, and the base of his cock brushed tantalizingly close to her clit, so close that she went over the edge on a turbulent quake of pleasure, clenching and convulsing around him, keeping her within him, squeezing him as he thrust hard and deep and lost all control. He kept stroking into her as he came, each thrust making him groan and call out with spiraling sounds of pleasure until he buried his face in her hair and breathed out her name with an aching groan of release. He gave her everything, relinquishing any semblance of control, giving himself over to the power she held over him, flooding into her helplessly as the pleasure consumed them both. As he trembled from the intensity of his climax and struggled to find his breath, she kissed his neck and sank her fingers into his hair, holding him while he collapsed against her, bearing his comforting weight with a heart so swollen and tender it felt ready to burst. After a few moments, the world around them seemed to resume again, and the stars once again began their slow rotation. The experience of having stopped time began to fade. Noah lifted himself off her and settled beside her on the blanket, his chest rising and falling rapidly, his eyes heavy-lidded and drowsy with delight. She snuggled into him and felt his arm circle her waist as he pulled her close and pressed his lips against her forehead. His heart beneath her ear was steady and sure as she lay her head on his chest and sighed. Neither of them spoke. They listened to the hazy cheering of crickets and the night sounds from the trees surrounding them, and in moments they were asleep, serene and content in each other's arms. <laughs>